0: this episode is in partnership with dell technologies small business month is here and dell technologies can help push your business further with top offers on pcs and monitors plus savings on server storage and cloud solutions visit dell.co.uk
1: Welcome to the latest First Voice Monthly Roundup podcast brought to you by First Voice Magazine, the official flagship magazine of the Federation of Small Businesses and the go-to podcast for news, tips and important information for small businesses. And the self-employed. This episode is our May small business roundup, in which we will take a look at some of the important issues hitting the headlines at the moment, and which you need to be aware of right now as small business owners. To help us look at today's issues, I am pleased to say I'm joined by three guests. Uh, they are Martin Mateik, is national chair of FSB, and will talk us through the current challenges around the cost of doing business. Uh, Lucy Monks, FSB's Head of International Affairs will offer us an update on current international trade disruption. Uh, And then Dan Bellis, Senior Policy Manager at FSB is going to talk us through the commercial rents resolution protest. So thank you to all of you for joining us. Um, Martin, I'll start with you, if I may. We've heard a lot uh, recently about the rising cost of living, but also the rising cost of doing business. Um, just how big a rise are we seeing when it comes to the cost of doing business right now? And what are some of the most impacted costs?
2: Well, in our latest Small Business Index, it says that 90% of the people we surveyed we're seeing input costs up significantly. And the major element of that um, is energy. Um, I mean, to think of some of the worst examples, we we had a, a Scarborough hotel where the costs of her energy had quadrupled overnight. And I mean, it is a problem that, you know, when it comes to uh, ordinary consumers, they have the cap. But when it comes to um, small businesses, they have no cap and no ability to buy forward. So they're stuck with these very high prices.
1: Yeah, brilliant. And look, some, some organisations, some businesses in some sectors, I guess, are able to push costs onto the, the end user, but many are not. What are the consequences for for businesses and consumers of this rising cost of doing business?
2: Well, it's significant because it's squeezing um, profitability. That means that businesses can't invest in their people. They can't invest in training. If they need to pivot to new products and services, they don't have the resources to do that. At the last check by ONS, we were seeing that 46% of businesses across the UK had less than three months cash left. So this is a serious issue for all small businesses.
1: Yeah, and what is it that FSB is looking to the government to do about it?
2: Well, there's a lot of things they can do immediately. They, they could help with some of the COVID hangover that you've got with sick pay currently running at about £3,000 a company. Uh, and, and that could be uh, significantly offset by them reinstating the sick pay rebate. There's also a lot they could do about late payment. Late payment is the most uh serious problem for all small businesses in the UK. They could start by making sure that anybody that they trade with as a government um, is is prevented from trading unless they sign up for the prompt payment code. Um, they could nominate an accountable person in every company to make sure that person's responsible for paying people on time. And they could also give the Small Business Commissioner a lot more power to investigate some of the worst offenders.
1: Yeah, that's great. And and, and just finally on this topic, Martin, you know, what can small businesses themselves do? Can, you know, Can they seek advice and guidance and are there steps they can take to try and manage the impact?
2: I mean, there are serious implications here that many people can't avoid. But what I would suggest is before this gets too serious, talk to your bank. Because in many cases they recognise that they'd rather you come to them early than come to them when the crisis is too difficult to manage.
1: Yeah, so get ahead of the curve. Thanks, Martin. That's that's really interesting on a, on a very pressing topic as as well. Lucy, um, I'm going to come across to you next, if you don't mind. Um, I think you're going to speak to us a little bit about international trade disruption. Um, what exactly do we mean by that term, and what disruptions are we seeing at present?
3: Yeah. So when we're talking about disruption to international trade, we can be talking about everything from political or economical physical box uh, taking place. So a good example of this was ever given getting stuck in the Suez Canal last year. I don't think anyone can forget that image in particular. Or it could be um the availability of goods or services needed to create uh, a product as part of a supply chain. So if you were in the market to buy a brand new car in the last year, you might have found yourself on uh, the bottom of a very long waiting list because it was a global um, Uh, There is a global shortage in microchips, which has significantly uh, impacted manufacturing. But obviously, top of many people's minds at the moment have been disruptions that have occurred because of the um, Russian invasion on Ukraine um, and at home. the need to adapt to new post-Brexit requirements um, to export goods. So on Ukraine, it's a pretty uh, substantial exporter of uh, many core materials uh, to many countries across the world. And, and for very clear reasons, the invasion has caused significant damage to Ukraine's ability to produce and export anything right now. Um, the UK imported about a billion pounds worth of goods and services from ukraine last year and mostly in good goods like materials to manufacture such as steel and iron and from uh, food and animal products I think most critically uh, you might see this in the restaurant food trade so about 11% of UK's vegetables and fats came from Ukraine last year um, so either you are experiencing or have heard about the disruption this is having on the food industry and of course in Brexit there's a rough new rules in place that um businesses have got to get used to um, which is affecting access to consumers and customers in Europe and uh raised costs uh, for businesses as well.
1: Yeah, you touched on some specific um, disruptions there, and some 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 individual impacts on on businesses. But but you know, what 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 is the potential impact on small businesses in the UK? Just how big an issue could this be as it rumbles on?
3: Yeah. um, I mean, you spoke earlier with Martin about some of the stresses that are facing uh, UK economy and small businesses in general. And some of that is being driven by what's happening internationally. So, there's a huge amount of small business owners that will have uh, seen uh, an increase in costs and 60% of those citing fuel costs as a particular example. Not all of this is to do with what's happening with Russia and Ukraine at the moment, but some of it quite substantially is. Um, So, even if your business isn't a huge consumer of energy directly, you might find that prices are increasing um, in other places in your supply chain and uh, a lot of people are puzzling on whether to uh, pass these increased costs into customers or if they're going to um, take them up themselves. And on the EU side, some um, small businesses have pulled out of exporting. So the last um, small business survey showed that one in eight owners of businesses have said that they are going to, they have temporarily or permanently stopped exporting to the eu and a further nine percent are considering it um and for some businesses all of this as a whole will be a lot to reckon with um but i just want to say that it's not all negative um the eu is going to continue to be a really important market for uk businesses and there is demand out there for what british businesses are able to provide so brilliantly which is also a key message that we're sending to government it's just about getting the administrative um, barriers and bringing those down and making it as easy as possible again.
1: Yeah, I guess um, something we hear a lot on this podcast is that FSB is away in the background lobbying for for action. What are you looking for the government to do around this issue specifically?
3: Yeah, we are absolutely. We're incredibly active in this uh, sphere. We're very clear with government about what needs to happen. So we're basically tasked uh the government to say that you need to look at smart ways of reducing costs of doing business and help alleviate some of the pain that uh, small businesses are feeling right now uh you may have seen in the news this week the government stated that they were going to postpone again uh new post-Brexit rules around import checks for a lot of goods uh that was originally slated to come in uh for July this year um this is a good uh temporary it must be stressed temporary um uh alleviation on um some of the burdens that small businesses are feeling and uh it says the government says it's doing this in the hope that it's it's going to reduce some of the cost of doing business um but there will be a new import regime in place government says again by autumn 2023 so what we're telling to government is make sure you do this in a smart way um use uh digital platforms look at ways that you can reduce costs for business and reduce the time it takes for business um given that they are now going to postpone for a for a year and a half um so we'll be working hard to make sure that they do think a bit smarter about these processes um we also have to be really mindful of the fact that this isn't just about imports, although that's what's been the focus of news this week. Um So exports are obviously really feeling the burden associated with these new bureaucracies. So um, we're having continued conversations about the implementation of the UK-EU agreement um, and how it can be improved for small businesses. And I hope that we'll be able to share some positive news uh, for you on this at some point. There are also new opportunities for businesses looking to import uh, or export from new territories that might have not considered before. So the uh, the trade agreements with Australia and New Zealand have been completed. Uh, agreements set to be implemented uh, at the end of the year. Um, there are sections in those that are dedicated to pulling down barriers for small business. Um, I was in Aberdeen at the top of the week uh, meeting with the UK and US negotiation teams on trading into America. And again, for small businesses have been put front of center of building a new economic relationship so that's another positive uh move but we are very mindful that people are feeling pressures right now and and some of the stuff that you and martin discussed uh are things that we really want the government to to look at doing to support business as well as some of the easements i talked about in, in terms of international trade
1: yeah and again what can
3: small businesses themselves do i think make sure that uh if you are Importing or exporting or think that you might be liable for anything that's happening in Russia. Obviously, make sure you keep in touch with the government's website and the FSB's website to get the latest news and information. There's a raft of, um, support that's available online, including on FSB's website. So keep up to date with that. If you've ever got any concerns or questions, of course, you can contact us and we'll do our best to raise your concerns with government or to respond with any information we can. Uh, to help.
1: Excellent. Thank you. Um, the third topic I want to chat about is the commercial rents resolution process. Now, a new law is uh, is now in place to help resolve certain remaining commercial rent debts. Um, but before we get into that, Dan, can you tell us what the issue is here uh, and how it's affecting small businesses? Sure.
0: Uh, I, I Thanks, so. John. Um, I'm sure there won't be many businesses out there that have already forgotten the legacy of the pandemic of the last uh, couple of years and and still echoing in many businesses today. Um, But during all the various lockdowns, the lack of footfall, especially in some sectors, uh, caused businesses to suffer quite badly, forced closures, meant that many businesses were left with a choice of what bills and and salaries do they pay and and which ones, unfortunately, do they not pay. Um, That was the reality for, for many businesses during what was an incredibly difficult time um, and that meant that there were a number of businesses right the way across the country that built up unpaid rent debts. So this is where basically businesses chose to pay salaries or or heating bills or or, or whatever it may have been, um, but decided not to pay the rent during that period and have been unable since to reach an agreement with the landlords about what to do with that rent because obviously it's a it's a difficult time during that pandemic. Um, and difficult decisions had to be made. And in some cases, it hasn't been possible uh, for landlords and tenants to naturally agree some sort of shared position between themselves. So this is a little bit of catch-up on behalf of the government and and small businesses and landlords uh, to try and resolve some of these issues uh, a little bit more amicably um, where they haven't already been resolved.
1: Okay, and is this an issue that affects some sectors more than others
0: yeah definitely I, I think if, if we think about the sectors that were affected most during the pandemic you've got to think about your, your pubs your retail your hospitality um, the high street anything that was really reliant on having a physical property and having people visit that property um, they were probably the ones that suffered most but that doesn't necessarily mean to say that Uh, There won't be manufacturing sector businesses, for example, that haven't had the same uh, issue or faced the same dilemma. And it's important to stress that this new legislation that's come out and this new arbitration process, it isn't limited to any one sector. If you have qualifying protected debts, anybody can apply uh, for this.
1: Okay, and you mentioned the new uh, legislation there. The government says it's, it, it, it's there to help resolve certain, the, the, these issues around commercial debts accrued during the pandemic, which sounds like it's good news for, for businesses that want to move forward. But how exactly does it work?
0: Yes, yeah, so, so this is for any uh, commercial rent debt uh, that was accrued between the 21st of March 2020 and the 18th of July 2021 in England. Mm-hmm. The dates are slightly different for uh, businesses in Wales, and I think Scotland has a slightly different scheme again, so it's worth checking, depending on where in the UK you are, exactly what those rules are. But if you have these qualifying uh, rent-related debts and you haven't already come to an agreement with your landlord, then you can apply towards arbitration to try and reach a a negotiated settlement between yourself and and the landlord, um, rather than go to the... uh, traditional fight it out in court which is not always a great position for many businesses to be in the first step to take if you're thinking of doing this is to uh, effectively write a letter to the landlord now it isn't as simple as writing a letter unfortunately it is quite prescribed in terms of what has to be in there Um, but there's all sorts of resources available including on the FSB's website as well to try and help you take that first step
1: Okay, and you mentioned those resources. If I'm a small business and I want to find out a bit more, where where do I go to to, to do that?
0: So the FSB's website, um, along with a legal advice line, so if if you are an FSB member, you will have access to that legal advice line. Um, They can put you in the right direction there if you want to speak to a human being. There are guidance documents on the government's websites as well, um, although admittedly they can be a little bit clunky. Um, But we are working on to try and... Get those resources available to small business to try and make this process as simple as possible for you. Um, As I say, the first step is really to get that letter in for your landlords to your landlords. Um, Or equally, actually, if if you're a small landlord yourself and you want to sort this out between you and your tenants, you can also apply for this as well. Um, But it really is about taking that first step, and that's the most important thing here because there is a clock that is ticking on this. So you have to have completed that first step. Um, either 14 or 28 days before the 23rd of September this year. Um, That's because in order to apply for the arbitration process, you have to give them a certain amount of notice for that first letter. So do not leave this to the last minute. It is worth checking on those websites, checking those documents, and and making sure that if you have these uh, these protected rent debts, then make sure you start the process sooner rather than later.
1: Okay, indeed, the clock is ticking. Martin, Lucy, Dan, thank you so much for taking us through these key small business announcements and issues in the headlines. Uh, right now as part of our monthly Small Business Roundup podcast series. That was really helpful. Um, thank you also to our audience for listening to this episode, which was brought to you in partnership with Dell Technologies. Um, while I have your attention, I would just like to remind you that you can subscribe to the First Voice podcast to receive regular updates and guidance on the big issues affecting small businesses. And do please also remember that you can find a whole host of additional webinars, podcasts and other other content on the first voice website at firstvoice.fsb.org.uk many thanks
0: this episode is in partnership with dell technologies small business month is here and dell technologies can help push your business further with top offers on PCs and monitors, plus savings on server, storage and cloud solutions. Visit dell.co.uk.